In Matthew 24, Jesus talks about the end times, the end of this world, the coming of Jesus, what we can expect to see. One of the things is wars and rumors of wars. And he says in Matthew 24, verse 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. How can you not be troubled? We hear today about troubles with money, with future, with inflation. How can you be not troubled? How can you be living in peace today? Today we see sins all around us, adultery, fornication, all forms of sins. We see homosexuals and lesbians being approved by the world. We see same-sex marriage being sanctioned by nations of men. Does that trouble you? The way of peace and the way to live in peace is by prayer. These things are going to happen in the end times. Sin will increase in the world in the end times and in the churches in the end times. We are told by the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, before Jesus returns, there will be a falling away in churches. Let's start today with 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 to look and see what to expect in the end time. Verse 3, Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord, the return of Jesus, shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And this falling away will happen in the churches. And that man of sin be revealed, Antichrist, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Antichrist, opposite to Christ. In 1982, I was reading this passage of scripture, and God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. Before the return of Jesus, this falling away must happen. Churches will leave various scriptures. Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus says, The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's an example of the kind of scripture 
the churches will fall away from. In fact, in 45 years, I've never heard that talk. Churches do not teach certain scriptures because they would offend people and they want people to come to their churches and they would have to approve them to get them to come in mass to the churches. So it gets to the point you can't hardly tell the church from the world. The doctrine changes so greatly that it becomes a doctrine of God loves you and wants you to be happy. Of course you can marry the divorced woman. When Jesus says, whosoever marries her that is put away commits adultery. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Well, they don't want to teach that. That would offend people. And they would have people who wouldn't come to their church. That's the kind of falling away Paul was talking about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 when he said, The day of the Lord will not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed. By the falling away, we see Antichrist in those churches. When we see them fall away from doctrine and approve sins, Antichrist has taken over that church and it has become apostate. Now, they're still teaching certain truths, but Antichrist has started to move in when you see a church teaching the opposite from the Bible. Often you will even hear the preacher preach something that is not in the Bible. He will add to the Bible. I was visiting a little non-denominational church one night several years ago. The pastor was teaching John chapter 8 which is the story of the woman taken in adultery who was brought before Jesus. And the pastor said, and when she was brought before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. I was shocked. I grabbed my Bible, turned to John chapter 8, and began reading that section of Scripture. I knew that was not true. I knew it was not in the Bible. I turned around and looked at the other people sitting there. There were about 200 people that night. It was a Wednesday night. And I noticed one man that I knew from having done work at my house, a contractor, a cement contractor. And he had done work at my house. So I was acquainted with this man. Later, I found out he was an elder in the church. He had a big smile on his face when the pastor said the woman was brought before Jesus naked from the waist up. I looked at the other men in the congregation. They had big smiles on their faces. The pastor was preaching a lust 
something that would cause his congregation to be lustful, a sensationalism, which is not in the Bible. Well, I took my Bible and I read John chapter 8 concerning this subject. Start at verse 1. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives at early in the morning. He came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? See, there's not one word in that about her being naked from the waist up. The pastor that was teaching that night added this to the Bible. What Jesus did was forgive the woman, but he told her, go and sin no more. And that's the real message. Go and sin no more. You can't continue to commit adultery. But the pastor turned it into a lasciviousness. I called that pastor the next day, and I told him that I was in his service last night when he spoke about John chapter 8, the woman being taken in adultery. And he said she was naked from the waist up. And I said, I read that passage, and I can't find that in the Bible. I would like you to tell me where it is in the Bible. And he said to me, I can't recall where it is. And I said to him, well, it's very important to me to know this. So would you please look it up and have your secretary call me and just tell me where it is? He became very angry and he screamed at me over the phone. All right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, the point was I was trying to find a church to attend. But, of course, I wasn't going to go to a church where the pastor added things to the Bible that weren't there. This is an example of that falling away that Paul said would have to happen before Jesus could return. This is the end time falling away, an example of it. Sometimes they add to the Bible, sometimes they take away from the Bible, but they fall away from the truth of the scriptures, of specific scriptures. And when that happens, that church becomes apostate. Antichrist can move in to that church when 
they fall away from Scripture. The Scripture is the thing that keeps Antichrist out of the church. The truth of the Scripture. But once the gate is opened, Antichrist can move in. And that becomes the apostate church of the end times, which definitely will come and has come. For Jesus cannot return until it happens. That pastor did not repent and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that. He didn't say that to me. He just struck out at me. I have found Antichrist does not repent. I visited another non-denominational church at that same period of time because I was looking for a church to attend. The pastor was teaching the Sunday school lesson, and it was about Sarah, Abraham's wife, and her handmaiden, Hagar. And the pastor said, Hagar was Sarah's half-sister. Well, I was very shocked. I'd never read that anywhere in the Bible, and I, I thought, well, I really thought maybe I've overlooked it. When I got home, I read all of the Old Testament passages about Sarah and Hagar, and I couldn't find anything that said that. So I called the pastor the next day after he said that, and I told him I was in his Sunday school class that morning, when he said that Hagar is Sarah's half-sister. And I said to the pastor, I read all those scriptures and I can't find that in the Bible. And I wanted you to tell me where it is in the Bible. And he said the exact same thing the other pastor said. I can't remember where. It is. I said to him, well, I really need to know. So please, would you look it up and tell your secretary where it is? He was silent for a few seconds, and then he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. Same thing. said the same thing to me that the other pastor had said. Another point is I didn't see anyone at either congregation pick up a Bible and turn to those two passages of Scripture. In Acts chapter 17, there is an example of Paul preaching. And the Scripture says the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians, because they searched the scripture daily to see if that which was being preached was true. Therefore, many of them believed. Instead, what I saw in these two congregations were people loving their pastor big smiles on their faces as the pastor taught things that are not in the Bible. 
1979, God gave me the most terrifying dream. I was in a a building and the meeting was going on. A man was speaking to a small group of people. I went in and sat down to listen. A second man came into the room and said, Stop, wait, can't you see? It's already begun. Then he disappeared. The first man resumed speaking. No one in the room seemed interested at all in knowing what had already begun. The pastor resumed speaking. The people began attentively looking at the pastor and listening to him. But I wanted to see what had already begun. So I looked out the window and I saw a tall pole with a speaker sitting on top of the pole. It was the type of speaker like the civil defense warning speakers, and it was yellow. And it was set there for the purpose of warning us when an attack was taking place. And out of that speaker, I saw a white substance, a gas, floating out of the speaker. And it was coming directly toward those of us sitting there in that room, listening to that speaker. And the gas was poison, and I knew it would kill us. And I was sick about it, because the speaker is the thing that is set there to warn us. And it was the thing being used to kill us. At first, I didn't know what that meant. I was attending a church called Word of Faith. Robert Tilton was the pastor. One night, on a Wednesday night, Bob was speaking, and I looked at the man who was sitting next to me, and I was shocked, horrified, because he was the man that was in that dream where the poison gas was coming from the speaker. He had a big smile on his face as he listened to the pastor. I looked about the room at the rest of the people, and they seemed to me to be the people that were in that dream of the poison gas. Instantly, I got up immediately and went to the restroom and I told God, I said, I think you are showing me to leave this church group. I'm going to get in my car and drive away, but if you want me to come back, I'll come back. Later, God showed me this Second Thessalonians chapter 2 passage where the preachers fell away from specific scriptures and added other things to their message. And I knew it was poison and it would kill those people who were listening to them. And that is what 
I have been seeing for years. When I would go to churches trying to find a church to attend, I would hear the pastor adding things to the scriptures that weren't there or taking things away that were there. And God showed me that is the end time Antichrist in the churches, the apostasy in the churches. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, reading from the New American Standard Bible, verses 3 and 4. No one is to deceive you in any way, for it, the day of the Lord, will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. The end time apostasy in the churches where they would fall away from Scripture, and we are seeing it today over and over and over in the churches. Jesus could not come until that happened. The Apostle Paul told us in the last days, perilous times would come. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Start at verse 1. Paul says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, homosexuals, lesbians, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. So Paul was speaking not of the world here, but of the church. And he said they will have a form of godliness. They will attend church, but they deny the power thereof. They deny the specific scriptures. They don't have that pure love of the truth where they cling to the scripture. Instead, they add things to the Scripture, take things away from the Scripture. And Paul says, from such turn away. Turn away. He says, for this are the sort that creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, 
led away with divers lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And he said they resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. And he said in verse 13, Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Walk away from them. It's not a matter of fighting them and protesting. It's walking away from them. You're going to see many evils in the last days. You will see a rise in homosexuals and lesbians. Approved by the world, same-sex marriages. Now, what does the Bible show us about homosexuals and lesbians? Always prove your doctrine by the Bible. It's not what I think about it. It's what God says in the New Testament Bible. Turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. In the Bible, God calls homosexuals and lesbians vile affections, acts of vile affections, unnatural affections. Can a homosexual or lesbian be saved? Of course. Can a drunkard be saved? Of course. Can an adulteress be saved or an adulterer or a fornicator? Of course. If they acknowledge the truth of the scriptures and turn from their sins and don't do those sinful things anymore, and tell other people about it being sinful. 
But as Jesus forgave the woman taken in adultery, he told her, Go and sin no more. So they cannot continue to live in those sins and be saved. So when we are troubled over something like seeing a person living in a sin, which we know is a sin because the Bible tells us it's a sin, the way to peace is prayer. And often we will need to share scripture with the person committing the sin. Hopefully, they will see that it is sin and be saved. God has told me every time that I speak about homosexual and lesbian to be sure to, to read the scripture concerning homosexual and lesbian. It is not my thinking or my opinion. It is what God has to say, for he speaks to us today in the New Testament church by the Holy Bible. The New Testament Bible shows us the doctrines of the New Testament church. Now, many things in the Old Testament are also valid for today. They are examples for us to show us what can happen if you continue to go in the way of destruction and the way of sin? The destruction of Sodom came because of homosexuals. In Genesis 19, it says homosexuals came out, Sodomites came out, from every quarter of the city of Sodom because they wanted to have sex with the two men who were visiting in Lot's house. Lot was the nephew of Abraham. Those two men were actually angels. Angels don't have wings. They just look like natural men. So in the city of Sodom, they saw those angels come to Lot's house. They gathered that night from every quarter of the city of Sodom from every part of the city. And they came wanting to have sex with the two men who were at Lot's house. And they said to Lot in Genesis 19, Bring out the men who are in your house, that we may know them. Know them meaning have sex with them. The biblical term know them. And you know what Lot said? He said, Oh no, my brethren, do not so wickedly. He knew it was wicked. He knew the homosexual acts were wicked in the sight of God because he was a righteous man. Well, those two angels had been sent there to destroy Sodom. But first they had to get Lot out of Sodom. So they literally took the hand of Lot's wife and Lot and his two daughters and took them out of Sodom, Genesis 19. And the 
Angel said to Lot, Lest you be consumed by their sin, they will destroy you if you stay here. In the end times, that's exactly what will happen. The sin increases and is approved by the world. Adultery, fornication, sex without marriage, homosexuals or lesbians. If you stay among them and approve it by your presence, the Apostle John says you will lose reward in heaven. That is in Second John, verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. The doctrine of Christ for the New Testament church is presented to us through the New Testament Bible. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, neither wish him well. Have a good day. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Second John, verses 8 through 11. I don't hate them. I don't fight them. I simply read the Bible to that person. This is what the Bible says. And then I depart from them, and if they... Repent and turn to God, I will rejoice. But I'm not going to go to their barbecues when I know they're committing acts opposite to what the New Testament Bible says we are to do. And I many times speak about homosexual lesbians on the podcast and write about them because I'm simply telling you what the Bible says. It's not my opinion. It's what the Bible says. And God said this in Genesis 13, verse 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And God sent those two angels to destroy Sodom. And that's what will come in the last days. Those people who do not go by the New Testament Bible and depart from the New Testament Bible and set up other doctrines that approve sin and sinners without repentance That is the apostate church, 
Jesus will destroy the apostate church when he returns. We read that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, start at verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. The love of the truth is the thing we have to have. And we have to love the truth of the word of God more than we love our churches. We have to love the truth for that is our salvation. Verse 11, and for this cause that they didn't love the truth, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So when you see the opposite from the Bible going on in a church, you simply have to leave that church to live in peace. And certainly in the world, we expect to see wickedness. But in the church, I have met several people who attend church who are homosexuals and lesbians. One woman who attends a Catholic church asked me if I approve homosexuals and lesbians. And I said, oh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And I gave to her the scripture in Romans chapter 1. I know she was going to invite me to her home to participate. I don't go to their home to their functions, approving them by my presence. Because it's a sin, according to God, in the Bible. Drunkenness. I wouldn't go and put myself among people who were becoming drunken. I wouldn't go and put myself among church people who were committing fornication. These are sins that by my going among them, or our going among them, not only would we lose reward for approving them, but people would see us approving them. We would be denying God by putting ourselves in a situation like that because we know the scriptures. So no, I do not approve it. I do not approve homosexuals and lesbians. I don't hate them. I don't approve them. <laughs> I want them to repent, to see what God says about it, and repent and be saved, just like I want 
a drunkard to repent and be saved, or an adulteress, or a fornicator. The only doctrine we have in the New Testament church is the New Testament Bible. So we read that and we see what we are to do as a Christian and what we are to do and approve by the Scriptures. And the way we live in peace, even in the midst of the sin that is going on around us, is through prayer. It is not so much that we are fighting against the sin as we are choosing to separate ourselves from the sin and live in prayer. I have attached to this podcast several scriptures concerning prayer. And I want to ask you to read those scriptures and think on this subject. But the way of peace for us is to depart from the evil and live in prayer. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.